everyone. Welcome to Victory Church Online. We are so glad you're joining us today as we kick off a brand new series called Stressed Out. Check it out. Amen. Welcome, everybody, all of you watching online, wherever you may be here in Denver, uh, maybe in, in the state of Colorado, around the world. We just want to give you a good, hearty, wonderful welcome. Church, let's do that right now. Let's welcome everybody that's watching online. It's another great Sunday. And I am your backup quarterback, Pastor Mike Ware, the founding pastor of this church. I'm filling in for Matt. He's on a sabbatical, in case you're wondering. And as your new temporary starting quarterback, uh, I'm ready to take the, this team down the field. I'm ready to score some wins. Look, I'm not intimidated by adversaries. I'm not intimidated by enemies. I'm not intimidated by any opponent. We're the people of God. I said, we are the people of God. We're going to lower our shoulders down and we're going to pop some leather today. Can I hear an amen? I'm so glad you're here in the house with me. I want to win some games. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. You're not a loser. You're a winner. Come on, you need to notify yourself of that. You're a winner. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to put your hands in the huddle with me right here. Come on, stretch your hands out here. You know what to do? One, two, three, victory. Are you ready? One, two, three, victory. I don't think we can make the playoffs with that. One more time. Are you ready? One, two, three, victory. Come on, now we're talking. I'm in the right house today. I'm going to... I'm speaking this morning and I'm going to speak to you about stressed out, a new series I'm starting today. Anyone here stressed out? How many of you have a little bit of stress? How about a whole lot of stress? Are you ready to kick some stress booty today? Well, I've got three words that have been spinning around in my heart all week long. I've been thinking about stressed out, worn out, and burned out. I'm talking to somebody right now because some of you are burned out. You've gone about as far as you can go. Some of you are worn out. Some of you are just exhausted. You're just tired of fighting all the battles. And some of you today are stressed out. You just can't take much more. I mean, the weight of the world and the weight of things going on in your life is just too overwhelming for you and you're ready to quit. Look, I cannot promise you that stress will go away. I cannot promise you that it's going to disappear at all. But I can promise you that there is a way to deal with it. And if, and if I were you today, if I, I would take some notes today. And by the way, if I can give you some pointers on how to deal with that stress, would you be willing to try it? I mean, I mean at least try it for a week or two. All right, well, take some good notes because I've got some things I want to share with you that I think can change your life and, and at least lift some of the burden of stresses out of you. Listen, maybe I'm naive, but I believe what the Bible says. I mean, I just happen to believe that God told us the truth. I believe in the Bible there are answers for every problem you deal with in your life. Am I the only one that believes that way? There's 13 others of you that believe that way. Thank you. The rest of you I have to convince today. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. Listen, uh, I just want you, to, I want you to press in to this message today. I hope it helps you because stress causes so many problems that we have. Sleeplessness. Some of you are so, your fuse is so short, I'm telling you, it wouldn't take much to light you off. <laughs> right? I mean, you get ticked off about everything because of stress. 
I mean, depression, mental problems, emotional issues, physical ailments come because we live our life in a stress-filled world, but we don't really know what to do with it. And so, I mean, I was just reading this week that a survey of 65%, well, 65% of adults are saying that because of the uncertainty in our nation, they're feeling this overwhelming stress. 60% of people said they just can't deal with it much longer. You say, I know I'm talking, to, I'm talking to somebody here today that needs to hear this message. Because I believe, I believe you know, the, the, experts are saying, the experts are saying that the real pandemic isn't COVID, it's stress. And for many, COVID is what's causing the stress. Right? And speaking of COVID... I mean, there's, a never, there's never ending news about COVID, I mean, that brings fear and uncertainty and control in our lives. We don't know what to believe, who to believe, and should we believe, should we resist, should we give in, what do we do? And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of all the information, misinformation, or no information. That's just me, I'm not you. I mean, one of the reasons why we're so stressed in life is because we'd rather go to Google than go to God. You know, Google is the number one search engine for answers and information. Did you know that? But I found out that the Bible is the best search engine there is. And God is the most trusted source of information. I mean, we'd rather go to, um, here's why you don't have peace. Uh, uh, the reason why you have stress because, you know, Amazon has become your God. Amazon is your deliverer. Amazon is the one who can provide for you and give to you. I mean, they can deliver in two days. That's faster than God, it seems. (laughs) I mean, look, it's real simple. You know, all you got to do is click, cart, pay. (laughs) A lot easier than pray, pray, pray. We go to WebMD for all of our medical issues and answers instead of God. I mean, why trust God when we got answers one click away? We would rather, we would rather self-treat than self-pray. We wonder why we have stress in our lives. Something's happened to the average American Christian. We've strayed away from God. I just saw this week, I saw that 20,000 pastors quit their churches last year. Four, listen, 4,000 churches closed their doors. You know why? Stressed out, worn out, burned out. I know that throughout America, the majority of churches are only seeing about 30 to 60% of their uh, pre-COVID church congregations return. There's no difference here or any place else in America. Same here. I mean, what happened to the people? What's happened to them? Why aren't people in church? I mean, look, we've had two years of anxiety, fear shoved down our throat. By the way, I'm not saying COVID's not real. And I know some of you have had tragedies with COVID. I know, I know that. So I don't want to minimize that in any way. But I'm just saying we've allowed fear and all these kind of things to control our lives. And so I don't, I don't know what it is. Why aren't we here? Maybe it's a loss of faith. Maybe, maybe you know, stress. Maybe it's online convenience. Maybe we're just lazy. People have grown so comfortable sitting in their living room or in their family room with their pajamas on watching church instead of being in church. It's more about convenience and commitment. Listen, listen, wait, wait a minute. I, I, I know I'm stepping on some toes, but don't put your foot out there. We need some self-assessment, whoever you are. 
When the church gathers, there's a spiritual dynamic that is life-changing. That's why you're here. The Bible speaks about the gathering of the people. It's healthy. It's vibrant. It's life-giving. God intends for it to be holy. Look, when, when we don't show up, the church loses its mobility, its functionability, its strength, its influence. Listen, all you got to cut your hand off. Cut your hand off. Put it on the table. See how long it can function without the supply of the rest of the body. I'm going to tell you, it's important for us to connect together because we are the body of believers. We supply one another. We are strength to one another. In times of stress and pressures and needs, I don't know about you, but I need you. Now, Matt probably wouldn't say this, but I'm the backup quarterback, so I'm saying it. Amen? So I just, I, just, I just want to make it real clear to you. If it makes a difference to you, those of you that are watching, that are maybe right here and you could come, look, wear your pajamas next week, but just come, will you? All right, I got it off my chest. That's not the message. I just thought I'd say all that. Look, there's no denying that stress is part of our everyday life. Am I right? So what do you do? What steps do we take? How do we deal with this stress that's so real, so tangible, that so haunts us and torments us? How do we have victory over it? Well, I believe there's one thing you need. This is what I want to talk about today. The one thing that you need, if you're going to deal with stress, you want to see that burden and that weight lift. It's not going to go away. I'm I'm not telling you that what I'm sharing with you today, everything's going to disappear. I'm just going to say all of a sudden, life is going to be a whole lot better for you. There's one thing that you and I need, and it's one word. It's the word peace. You and I need some peace. Peace from God is the greatest stress reducer. It's better than exercise. I love exercise. I can watch people do it all day long. (laughs) But listen, without peace, there's pressure. When there's pressure, there's stress. When there's stress, there's no hope. I'm watching it. I see people going through this all the time. All I can say is that we need some peace. We need some deep, abiding peace. How many of you want some of that today? Won't you say it with me? Won't you say, I want some of that? That's not very good. Why don't we do it the way they do it in South Louisiana? Won't you say it this way? I want some of that. Everybody say, I want some of that. Better, better. In John chapter 14, let me read this to you because the Lord talks about some divine peace that you can have. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, Jesus was talking about a divine kind of peace that will change everything about your life. You know, something that's from the throne of God, that flows from the throne of God like a river. A river of peace that flows from the throne of God. If you'll learn how to jump in that river, you'll find peace and rest and healing. You'll find that. That's what I want you to find today. There's a divine peace that Jesus wants to give, give to you and I. How many of you want that? Everybody say, give me some of that. Come on, say it again. Give me some of that. That's what I want in my life. Throughout the Bible, it says to get peace, to seek peace. 
to sow in peace, to have peace, to follow peace, to live in peace, to depart in peace. Let peace rule in your heart, but most don't have that. Some of you sitting right here today don't have that. Some of you watching right now do not have that. And I want you to know that peace is not the absence of trouble. It's just resting in the middle of it. That's what peace does for you. It allows you to rest in the river of God. You know, that kind of peace has the ability to say that I'm more than a conqueror. That kind of peace, if you have it in your life, will say that uh, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I can ask or think. That kind of peace says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. You know, that's the kind of peace I want. Everybody say, I want some of that. Turn to your neighbor and say, get you some of that. (laughs) Let me show you the kind of peace Jesus was talking about here. He said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. It's two different things he's talking about. You know, he said, my peace I leave you. You know, look, the kind of peace that he wants to give you and leave you is, is remarkable. But he starts off by saying, Here's a peace. I want to leave you some peace. Now, you may not know this, but in that day, in that time when you said, you know, I'll leave you in peace or I'll leave in peace, it was like, okay, the meeting's over and I'll just see you later. That's really what that meant. My peace, I leave you. Jesus was saying to these men, he was about to be, he was about to be crucified. He was about to leave these men. They were going to be washed over with this uncertainty and, and this, what seemed like such a disaster in their life. He said, but it's okay. I'm going to leave you my peace. In other words, see you later. It'll be all right. It's all good. But see, Jesus realized that that's not the kind of peace you need when you're facing problems in life. That's the kind of peace that some of you have been living with for a long time. He said, look, I'm not just going to leave you my peace. I want to give you my peace. The kind of peace that fought devils in the wilderness. The kind of peace that was facing a cross, a crucifixion. The kind of peace that he had to deal, deal with people with and all their hard things that they were doing to him. And all the accusations he dealt with. He said, that's the kind of peace that I want to leave you with. It's a different kind of peace. Not just a peace, a casual peace that says, okay, I hope you make it. He offered them his peace. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Jesus had already given his soul to his father in heaven. He had bequeathed his body to Joseph of Arimathea. He had already uh, knew that his clothes would certainly be be found among the soldiers. His mother was left to the care of John. But here was his men, the ones he loved most. You, the ones he loves most is you. What would I give you? It was like he was writing his will. What will I give you? What will I give these men that have followed me? He didn't have any gold. He had no silver. But he had something that gold and silver could never buy. That was his peace his peace. He said, my peace, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. I don't know about you. I want some of that peace. Give me some of that. (laughs) Paul says this in Philippians. He said, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known or be made known to God. And the peace Everybody say peace. Peace. 
And the peace of God, that river that flows from the throne of God, that peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Jesus Christ. Some of your hearts and your minds need to be guarded right now. They're unguarded because you don't know how to get this kind of peace I'm talking about. How many of you want it? Why don't you say, give me some of that? Here's what I want to do. I want to read you a story in just a moment that I think illustrates three things I want to share with you. I want to show you how you lose your peace, how you get your peace, and most importantly, how you keep your peace. You ready? Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. I mean, they are making their way out. I mean, they are pumped up. After 400 and something years of slavery, they are free. They're about to receive the blessing of God. They're headed across the wilderness headed to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden they look behind them, and there's Pharaoh, ready to bring them back. Watch this. Chapter 14 of Exodus, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? He said, why have you dealt... So with us, to bring us up out of Egypt. Is, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Just let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would be better uh, for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now, in this story, I want to show you three ways you lose your peace, three ways you get it, and three ways you keep your peace. Are you ready? Number one, three ways you lose your peace. Number one, you only see your problem. We just read a moment ago, it says they lifted up their eyes. You know, they they just lifted up their eyes, and all of a sudden, there it was. They saw Pharaoh and the army. You know what their problem was? They if they would have just kept looking a little farther up, a little farther up, a little farther, they would have seen God. They would have seen the power and salvation of God. You know, that's your problem right now. You know what your problem is? You just only look so far, all you see is your problems right now. God is wanting you to lift your eyes a little bit higher to see the mighty one who can come and intervene in your situation, who can lift the burdens from you and destroy your enemies so that you can have peace. I love Psalm 121. When I feel a lot of pressure and stress in my life, I just think of Psalm 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help is in the name of the Lord. And I just think all the time, I just think about looking up to the hills and beyond and seeing my Lord who, who rules over all the earth in the fullness thereof. My God who can subdue all my enemies, my God, who can bring me peace in the midst of every trouble that I face. You know, you lose your peace only when you look high enough to see your problem. Number two, let me show you how you lose your peace, uh, is that fear. Fear kills your peace. When God's people saw Pharaoh marching, it says they were very afraid. Fear will pluck uh, uh, peace right out of your heart. In fact, you know what fear does? It stabs peace right in the back. It's where many people are today. They're living in an atmosphere of fear. 
Fear of COVID, fear of divorce, fear of your husband walking out, fear of losing your job, fear of not having enough money, fear, fear, fear. Fear is a peace killer. As long as you live, walk, and talk fear, you'll never have peace in your life. You'll always live under stress. That's how you lose your peace. Whatever's producing fear in your life destroys peace in your life. Let me give you number three. Your words destroy peace. Did you know that your mouth creates your future? I mean, listen to the words of God's people. They said, you know, because there weren't any graves in Egypt, I guess you're going to bring us out here to die in the wilderness. By the way, they did because of their words. They died in the wilderness. Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? We'll serve the Egyptians. It's better than dying in the desert. And with their words, they created an atmosphere where peace could not live. Come on, what about your own words? You're creating an atmosphere where peace can never live. So this is how you lose your peace. Let me tell you how to get your peace. You want to learn how to get your peace? All right. Anybody want peace? Come on, say, I want some of that. Here's how you get peace. Number one, start moving. You know, just get up and start moving. That was the problem with Israel. They got in the wilderness, saw the problem. They just stopped right where they were. Quit sitting around and moping about how bad everything is. You know what? I, I can't change the world around you, but I can tell you what, you can change your heart. I can't change what's around me, but I can change what's in me. Quit, quit sitting there. Start moving. You know, God was leading his people to the promised land, but when they encountered a problem, they just stopped right there in the wilderness. When you quit moving, you lose your peace. Quit sitting in a tent in a wilderness, moping around, complaining, won't you just get up, rise up, get up, and begin to possess your land. Peace comes when you take a step toward God. No, you're never going to go through life without speed bumps. I hate speed bumps. When they put them in parking lots, how many of you hate speed bumps? I mean, that's stupid, <laughs> dumb. What are these people thinking? When you get to a speed bump in life, you know what we do something? We just stop. Quit having a pity party in your wilderness. Jeannie and I, about a week and a half or two weeks ago, met with the Cullens. They lost their home in the fire. They come to this church. They lost everything they own, the three small children. They found an apartment up in uh, Longmont, actually only about a mile or so from the new campus up there. They both work back in town here. And um, three small children lost everything right after Christmas, as you know, in the Marshall fires. We went and brought them a piece of furniture. They didn't have any place to sit, so we had a, a chair we thought we'd give them. You know, we looked in their eyes, and all I saw was smiles and hope, peace, and rest. They might be here this morning. I don't know. I was so... I was so stunned and shocked by how they responded to losing everything they owned. They weren't moping. They weren't complaining. They weren't blaming anyone. They weren't staying in their wilderness. You know what they were doing? They were moving. Their faith was moving. You could see hardships that they were going through, but there was a twinkle in their eyes. It was a twinkle of peace. Peace. I just want you to remember the journey of life sometimes goes through the wilderness. 
But that's only your destination if you stop. You know, I, I just want to challenge you. Quit camping in the wilderness when God paid for a room in the Marriott for you. Amen. <laughs> You've heard the old saying, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Well, that's how you get your peace. You just keep moving. Number two, focus on what God can do. Sometimes we act like God can't do anything. He has no ability. He doesn't care. He has no power or that he's lied to us. Can I tell you, God's big. He holds the universe in the span of his hand. He knows when your hair falls off your head. Or if he can grow some for some of you men, he would know if, he, he would know if there was one there. Here's what Moses said. He said, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, what he accomplished for you today. In other words, you and I, if we're going to get peace, we need to focus on what God can do. Right now, most, most people focus on what the devil is doing to them instead of what God can do for them. That's our problem. You know, I was thinking about this this week as I was preparing this message. Just knowing that God has a pocket full of miracles gives me such peace because he can just kind of, you know, a little miracle can fall right out of his pocket anytime. Peace comes when you know that God is not just able, but he's well able. Faith looks at the miracles, not the mountains. What are you looking at? Let me give you the third way to get peace. You've got to keep your mouth shut. <clears throat> Men, this is not a time to do this to your wife. Moses said, hold your peace. Hold your peace is, is really a nice way of saying just shut your mouth. Amen. Really it is. Amen. I mean, I'm shocked at how many Christians sabotage their world, sabotage their life and their future with their, wor with their words. God's people under pressure will say the stupidest things. I mean, we just read it. Why are you bringing us in the wilderness? We're going to die out here. I'd rather go serve the Egyptians. I'd rather, be a, I'd rather be a slave. I mean, what's wrong with these people? You see, you get peace with what you say in your mouth or what comes out of your mouth. Your mouth makes a big difference. Sometimes we need to shut our mouth. Some of you need to have your mouth washed out with soap. Some of you need to carry around a big roll of duct tape because it needs to go over your mouth on a regular basis. You put your foot in your mouth all the time. Can I hear an Amen. Listen to this word of wisdom from me. A closed mouth gathers no foot. <laughs> Moses said, hold your peace. Now, look, I know, I know Hebrew. I can speak Hebrew. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak. I'm going to share with you what he said in Hebrew. Is that all right? You, are you okay with that? Okay, Moses turned to the people and he said, shut up. If you, want, if you want some peace, you just need to shut up. <laughs> Zip it, put a lid on it, duct tape it, glue it, super glue it. I don't, you just need to shut up sometimes. Quit talking yourself out of the blessing, the promise, and the peace of God. Yeah. All right, let me give you the three, the three ways to keep your peace. We talked about losing it, getting it. Now let's talk about the three ways to keep it. Number one, you've got to say, no devil. Come on, let me hear you say that. No that's pretty decent. Let's say it one more time. No all right, now that sounds like a little authority to me. 
When I'm messing around with the devil, the devil's messing around with me, I don't say, well, no devil. I mean, I'm going to slap him four ways to you know where. When I say no, I mean no. I'm going to say it with authority because I have authority. I'm going to say it with power because I have power. You need to say no devil with power and the authority God has given you. You'll have peace when that happens. You know, if you really want to keep peace, you need to, you need to start using words that bring peace. You know, the devil's trying to steal your peace. Are, are you okay with that? I'm not okay with that at all. We're saying how bad everything is. Let me let you in on a little secret. The devil will always try to bring a Pharaoh and his army into your life. For stress, for pressure, for one thing, to steal your peace. So you'll finally give up and finally give in. The odds are too great. There's no way I can overcome. You know what I just say? You need to start saying with authority, no devil. No devil. I think it's time for some believers, and I'm looking at you right now, and I'm looking at you right now wherever you're at. You need to start getting some backbone instead of wishbone. You're not going to wish problems away. You're not going to wish the devil away. You know what? You need to take authority. Church, you need to start learning what your authority is all about. Start saying no to whatever is stealing your peace. If fear is stealing your peace, say no. If, if trouble is stealing your peace, you just need to say no to trouble. If financial problems are, are, are putting you under a lot of pressure and stress, stealing your peace, y'all just say no to that. Because there's creative power in your words. And I don't know if you've ever read in Isaiah 57, the Bible says God creates the fruit of your lips. There's something that happens when you speak out words. Look, quit using words to describe your situation. Why don't you start using words to change your situation? I'm trying to tell you how to keep your peace. Number two, you need to say, I will not be moved. Come on, say it right now. I will not be moved. The devil brings all kind of fear, hoping that you'll lose your peace and you'll run you know, I, I've been watching social media and, and the national media use their platform to bring fear, to steal your faith. Can I tell you right now, I'm not buying what they're selling. You know what? I'm saying I am not moved. I love what it says in Psalm 16. It says, David said, I have set the Lord always before me. This is it's a secret. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You know what? I've just decided I'm just going to stay steady. I don't care what the rest of the world does, what they say. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'm staying on my course. I'm going to stay steady to the end because I know that's how I keep my peace. I'm not going to fly over here, fly over there, and follow every little thing. I'm just going to stay right on course. God is at my right hand. My eyes are on him. Amen. Psalm 62, verse 6, David said, He only is my rock and salvation. He is my defense, and I will not be moved. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I will not be moved. I will not be moved. Amen. The third way you keep your peace is you, the third way you do it is your mind has to say, Stay on God. Your mind must be stayed on God. 
Can I tell you where, when I'm going through stress in life and I'm going through different kinds of things in life, I try to keep my mind stayed on God. Now, it's hard when pressures and problems in life, they're drawing you away in your mind. But I just quote Isaiah 26, verse 3. You ought to underline that, put that down someplace. This will change your life if you remember this. The Bible says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Did you, did you, did you get that? You will keep, God will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. How can I get on? Look, I'm on planes all the time. I travel. I mean, they got the, they got the social distancing, the mask, and all these kind of things. But, you know, you get on an airplane, and, I mean, you're, you're shoulder to shoulder, and people are spitting and coughing and everything else. It's easy to lose your peace unless your mind is stayed on him. My mind is stayed on our God, on our Lord. As long as I can keep my mind on him, I have peace. I mean, when I think about God, when I... Talk about God. When my mind is on God, can I just tell you what happened? There, there is an, uh, uh, an unshakable confidence that is on the inside of me. Now, I want to share something with you, and I'm not a superman. Okay, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just a regular person. Through the last two years, can I tell you that I've had, I've had, I've had 100% peace and zero fear. Really. I, I don't know how that's happened. I'm, I'm doing what I'm teaching you. And, and I, that doesn't mean my problems have gone away. That doesn't mean I don't have stress. I got a lot of pressure. I got a lot of things I'm dealing with too, just like you. But I'm telling you, I have an unshakable confidence and boldness on the inside of me. And I've got a peace that flows from the river of God that I've jumped into where I find peace and healing and hope and help and I want to close with this verse out of Habakkuk, chapter 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines. You know, those kind of things will cause pressure in your life when you don't have a harvest. Though the labor, or through the labor of the olive may fail, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though... The flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You know how you can do that? It's when you can turn to God and say, give me some of that. It's that divine peace that Jesus has left for every one of you to deal with every problem you have in this life. I told you before, problems aren't going to go away. But fear can. Stress can be lifted. When I have my eyes and my heart and my mind stayed upon Him, I'm able to walk and live in this thing called perfect peace. And you know what I can do in the middle of all that? I can laugh at the devil. He's such a bubba head. This is what I say. That's what we say in Louisiana, a bunch of bubba heads. He's a bubba head. It's because I've learned how I lose my peace. I've learned how to get my peace, and I've learned how to keep my peace. If you'll take these little tips that I've given you today, I guarantee you, if you'll do them, I guarantee you, 
You're going to start feeling joy and hope and peace that you've never experienced before in your life. Maybe you want that peace and you're just not sure how to make God a part of your everyday life. We want to support you with next steps. Text Victory Denver to 94000. There you can check out the 2022 Bible reading plan where in just 15 minutes a day, you can read through the entire Bible in a whole year and hear what God has to speak through to you. Also, you can join a small group at that same place and be discipled, join community, find friendship. It's a place to go. We hope to see you in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or right back here at Victory Church Online. Have a great week.